Good day. What's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 28th of December, 2021. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm in my mum's house still in Adelaide. COVID is slowly closing in. We're all going to die. We're not going to die. I don't think anything's going to happen. A bunch of people I know have got COVID. I've somehow dodged the bullet. I feel like I'm fucking dodging heaps of bullets. My best mate got COVID. We are going to go hang out at his uh, partner's place in Adelaide on Boxing Day and he fucking had to go get tested and waited eight hours on fucking Christmas Eve Eve and then didn't get to have Christmas. He's got COVID. Another friend of mine had to get tested. Uh, Another friend of mine's sister got it. You know, shit's getting cancelled in Adelaide. Things are ramping up here. I was going to try and stay a bit longer, but I, I think I'm going to go home. I reckon I might go home on the flight that I booked on the 30th. You know what? At my party a few weeks ago, early on in the party, when everything still hadn't really kicked off yet, I'm going to have a tea. I feel a little bit. I'm just going to have a sip of my tea here. Ah. Mmm. It is. It's good. Um. <sighs> yeah, before everything had kicked off, someone had a box of uh, fortune cookies and everyone was like doing fortune cookies, you know, like getting one and whatever. And I grabbed one and mine said, resist the urge to change your plans. Something like that. Don't change your plans. Resist the urge to change your plans. And you know what? I reckon that's bloody good advice for me, actually. Bloody jolly Roger and good. Uh, I think that's really good advice for me because I'm always chasing the the shiny thing. And uh, I think I've decided after like, man, last week on the pod, I was talking about Christmas and I think it is like, I, I think what I kind of almost got to, the point that I almost got to that I didn't quite find on the podcast last week was that Christmas for me, I think when I was younger... I uh, I don't know, like I didn't want to be around my family or like I just didn't appreciate my family or for some reason I just wanted to, I didn't want to be around people that I actually felt close to or that I, you know, like I just wanted to be around people that I could have a good time with in a kind of surface level way, like my friends or like people that I used to party with, people that didn't really know me, know me, but would just accept me because they didn't know that much about me and I was kind of scared to be around my family or not scared, but I felt uneasy about it. I didn't want to and it took a long time. What have I got there? Oh, I've got a message, whatever. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I just, I couldn't bring myself to spend time with my family. It made me feel uncomfortable and um, what was I saying? And so then like, now my whole thing is like, I don't know. I just am always chasing. I'm just always chasing these like fleeting connections with people that are kind of on my terms, and my terms are that I can leave at any moment and that I don't owe anyone anything. And I think that's why I like to extend trips in places. But I don't know, man. I just I don't know if that's really a point that makes any sense. But what I'm trying to say is, I booked flights to go home on the uh, afternoon of the thirtieth, and I think I'm going to stick to those flights. I'm gonna. I'm going to just do that. I want to go home on the 30th and uh, I've kind of made like, 
A resolution? <laughs> a resolution in, uh, 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 like, sort of the, for the new year. Not for the new year, but I think I've just resolved for myself for this New Year's Eve to spend it by myself, at least for midnight. Maybe not necessarily, but just to not commit myself to any plans. I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm just going to... I'm just going to have the day. I'm probably going to go do a gig. There's a gig happening at Voltaire on the evening of the 31st. I'm going to go do that. And I'm just going to see what happens. And, you know, if I'm by myself, then I'm by myself. If I'm not enjoying the company that I'm around, I'm going to leave them and, and be by myself. And if I am enjoying the company that I'm around, I'm going to stay there. And I'm not going to try to do anything, you know. I'm not going to try and make the night into anything. And I want to kind of take that attitude into the new year. Man, how am I feeling about the new year? I, f I want to talk about Christmas. I think Christmas was fantastic. Christmas was... Um, I, I spent it with my uh, grandparents and my auntie. I stayed the night at my grandparents' place with just me and the two of them in Victor Harbour. And, you know, as an adult, I haven't really spent that much time <sighs> just with my grandparents. And, um, you know, they're people who I love dearly. And I, I, my, grandma, uh, my grandpa and I, like, send emails to each other regularly. We talk. But it's different, obviously, than, like, hanging out in person. And so I went there and... Just me and the two of them, we had dinner together and it was nice. We gossiped about the family. My grandpa is so funny. He made me laugh. He really got me on one little joke that he... It was kind of like a joke that he wrote about some gossip in the family. Not he, You know, it was just like a funny angle on uh, a particular person in our family that he just fucking slayed me, man. Um, <laughs> to the point where like my grandma when he made the joke my grandma was going like rolling her eyes going oh come on philip and 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 then um oh i just feel weird that i said my grandpa's name that's fine i mean he'll be dead soon what are you gonna fucking do to him can't do it <laughs> um you know what i was watching louis ck's special controversial his new special i think it's called sorry and it came out like a week or two ago. And there's this, the bit that he does second last is he talks about his mum dying and he talks about, he talks about being old and kind of getting old and being old now to the point where he is an old person who is inconsequential in the world and he's just hanging around to see what happens. He doesn't, the world isn't made for him anymore. And it shouldn't be because he's going to die soon. It's like, you know, why would we make this stuff so that it's easy for you to use? You're going to be dead soon. So just fucking deal with it. And um, I really loved that perspective on getting old because like I think a lot of comedy is kind of predicated upon this idea that you're powerless as a comic. So it doesn't matter what you say, you know, like the idea of the jester in the court being the only one who could say what he really felt about the king because he had no power and he was ridiculous. So even the king could laugh. Um, yeah, and so like what Louis was doing with that bit, saying like, I'm old, so I don't matter anymore. It's like, you know, if you're old, you really don't, the, the world isn't for you anymore. He was just kind of placing himself as like this impartial or like not impartial, like inconsequential observer outside of 
the rest of society and when you put yourself in that powerless position you're then free to comment however you want on everything that's happening it was i thought it was really smart and really funny and it kind of struck me as true as well and um yeah i guess that's what i'm trying to say about my grandpa is he he doesn't matter because he's gonna die soon but he matters to me um yeah it was really cool to be able to spend that time with them and um even just to kind of bear witness to he and my grandma's relationship which they've been married for fucking coming on 60 years it'd be 55 years something like that and you know they still make each other laugh oh man i got this one video of them I'll put this on the podcast Instagram page. There's a video that I got. So I got, my grandma does, um, she writes poetry. She loves poetry. She was an English teacher in uh, the area school in the town where they lived for 53 years in rural SA, like in the southeast of SA. Um, my family are like southeast of South Australia people. I think it's cool. I, grow, I'm, I have like a growing sense of pride about that that like we are South Australia. South Australia, it's like an interesting, it's its own fucking place. It really is like a backwards. I was walking around Adelaide this morning and this trip especially, I think I'm starting to understand what Adelaide is and why it makes me so angry to come here. And it's because this isn't for me, this place. Like the people who live here and love it, they want me to be annoyed by it. Like when I try and get the bus in Adelaide and I get angry and it's like, why is it so annoying? Like you have to get a travel card thing. But like if I'm in the city and I go, how do I get home? And it says bus and the bus is in five minutes. That's like, I don't have time to go to a deli or whatever and buy a travel card now. So I just get on the bus and they're like, why don't you have a travel card? You can't pay in cash. You can't pay on card. And I'm like, because fucking it's a bus. I should just be able to get on the bus and give you some fucking money. They're like, no, you need to have bought this card from like the one shop over there. It's a very frustrating system and it doesn't work. But that, you know, it's not, no one in Adelaide is spending time and energy to try and make that a seamless system and to make the buses good and run on time and whatever. I mean, it's, it's a shock that they even have buses in this city because. That's just not the lifestyle that people here are trying to live, you know? They're not trying to catch the bus. They're trying to have a house with a fucking two-car garage and, and you know, drive everywhere. That's what they're doing. And um, they're not trying to be, you know, work in the arts. They're not trying to... All the stuff that I talk about on my podcast for the last few months that I've been talking about being stressed and running around and, you know, go, oh, on a, uh, uh, like a headless chook. It's like that is not what you're supposed to do in Adelaide. Adelaide isn't a city for people who want to live their lives like that. And I guess I don't necessarily want to live my life, you know, on that high, uh, that like, I'm oh, fucking, what am I doing? But that's kind of what I do. I don't know. Why do I live my life like that? I guess that's a question for another time. But I just, I'm, you know, I'm chasing after something. I, I, I have this ambition for myself and it's quite a selfish ambition that I want to be, you know, an artist and a stand-up comedian or whatever. And Adelaide isn't a city for people with selfish ambitions. It's a city for people who want to have a family and who want to live a fairly quiet life and be with their family and just hang out. 
and um, you know they're not trying to see the best thing or eat the best, have the best restaurant or go to the best place or whatever the fuck it is. They're just trying to exist and that's enough and they're to be content. And um, I don't want that life. It sounds nice when I say it like this. I'm saying it in a kind of romanticized way, but I don't, I don't want that life. But like if you want it, it's there for you. And I think I said this last year when I came to town that my friend from the UK was in town and she was saying like, man, you know, I'm Adelaide, this place could be really cool in like 10 years. I reckon there's like a real, you know, I can see that it's like coming up and whatever. And I was like, nah, man, it's not coming up because all the time, like, like just now me and I ran into James McCann. Great. Probably the best comedian in Adelaide, James McCann. Uh, fantastic comic. If you want to watch some good shit, follow James McCann on YouTube and see his stand up and watch his videos. I fucking love everything he does. And, um, we were just walking around looking for a coffee and we walked through Peel Street just off Highland Street in Adelaide, which is this one tiny street and it's kind of cool. It's got some cool stuff there. There's some bars. There's Casa Blah Blah. There's like some other wine bar. Um, and it just is like, it's the tiniest street. It can't be more than like 200 meters. But um, we were there and I was like, man, I remember a few years ago when this all kind of popped up and uh thinking like oh something's changing in adelaide look they've got one and i think if you're the kind of person who is aspirational who has these selfish dreams that i was talking about before if you want the best of this thing or that thing or you want to go and see the best stuff or whatever you would look at a street like peel street and hang on to that as a marker of like look we're going somewhere but if you really understand adelaide and the mindset of most of the people in Adelaide, you know that that isn't, that's not like a a, a harbinger or a, a, a fucking, that street is not a bellwether street. That street is not a sign of more things to come. That is a concession to the few people in Adelaide who want that. It's like, okay, here's one. Because <laughs> so, some people are stuck in Adelaide for whatever reason they can't leave or they got family or some job or whatever. You need a few of those people around in your city to do shit, but we're not inviting more of those people here. There's just going to be one street so that the ones who are here can have that, but everywhere else is not that. <laughs> everywhere else is just going to stay shit and they like that it's shit and I come here from Melbourne and I'm like, why don't the buses work? And they're like, you know why the buses work? The, you know why the buses don't work, cunt? They don't work. So that when you're when Christmas is over, you fuck off back to Melbourne. <laughs> Cause they don't want me to like it and stay and come back. <laughs> they want me to fucking go back to Melbourne, cunt. And go back to there and drive the property prices up. And we're gonna stay here with our cheap houses and our fucking cars from the nineties and keep just living quiet lives. And you know what? I have a growing respect for it. I really do because, um, yeah, if you don't want anything, which I do, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I want stuff, I want success and I want, you know, people to know who I am and I want uh, people to watch my special. By the way, my special came out this week, Aiden Jones Taco on YouTube. I've got a, I've got, I'm clipping it up at tick, for TikTok and for fucking Instagram reels. The TikTok's going well. 
Oh man, I've had some fuck. Check this out. I've had some uh, comments on TikTok, man. It's so wild. TikTok, it feels like people really just think like I'm not looking. Oh, shut up. Sorry, my phone's playing the thing. I've posted my clip about like I'm half Colombian and, you know, whatever. It's like the first minute of the special. It's like the first minute's worth of jokes. I'm making fun of my mum for having sex overseas and this this uh, Diziona put, Mans hates his mum because he doesn't have a dad with like a shocked face, um, which I guess was kind of a valid point, but I wasn't going to say anything. And then uh, someone replied, sounds like you don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> and the person replied, yes, it's me, XX. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how interesting that is to anyone, but the point is people are commenting. It's really hard to not comment on that shit, dude. Um, I've I've learned, I've accepted that when I put stuff online... Sometimes I put stuff like I put when I was in Sydney, the like free tickets that I put up and I was honest. I was just like, hey, I didn't promote the shows very well. And someone commented like, oh, guess the joke's on you then, isn't it? And uh, fuck, I just wanted to reply and be like, yep, sure. You know, I didn't promote it. I said I didn't promote it. What do you want? Like I'm trying to do something good and you're still cutting me down. I'm trying to fix that now and you're cutting me down with your fucking negative bullshit. But it's like... You don't engage with that because that's what it is. It's negative bullshit. It's someone being negative. But I just so badly want to go like, fuck you, cunt. <laughs> someone throwing their negative bullshit. And I just want to be like, yeah, well, why don't you fucking fuck you? <laughs> it would, something about that would feel so good for like one moment. And then it would just feel bad again. But um, I've learned to just hands off, hands off with it. And uh, I guess maybe you trust, trust the, you know, the group. You trust the mob and trust that someone somewhere will jump in and defend me if, if, if people watching my thing are understanding what I'm trying to do and that it's not actually done out of hate or in the previous instance out of laziness. I'm... I'm trying to do the right thing that I feel in my heart is correct. Hopefully, if people can tell that, then someone will get it and be annoyed about that comment the same way I am and they'll jump in and defend me. And it often happens. And I guess if no one does and if everyone is agrees with the negative person, then like, oh, maybe I've got something to think about. I think that's what it is. I think the impulse to defend myself when someone badmouths me online when it's about my, you know, my comedy or whatever. I think the impulse is to defend myself because I'm scared that a lot of people are going to see that negative opinion and like agree with it and jump on and like it and then, you know, that person wins. So I want to nip it in the bud and go, yeah, fuck you and and show everyone that like they're wrong and I'm right so that people agree with me and like me. But actually, if I jumped in and engaged with it, I would be doing the opposite of I'm hope what I would I would hope that I would be defending myself and showing everyone, you know, how great I am and that they should like me. But what I'd actually be doing would be demonstrating to people that I'm like a petty, tormented, kind of unhappy person who just needs validation rather than someone who's just trying to put out good work to make people happy. So 
Yeah, that's why I'm not engaging with it. Anyway, how the fuck did I start talking about this? I don't know. So I went to my grandma and grandpa's for Christmas. Christmas, uh, oh yeah, I got my grandma a book of poetry. Um, and uh, she it was, it was a poetry anthology compiled by, like the poems were picked by Paul Kelly. I haven't actually listened to How to Make Gravy this Christmas yet. Maybe I'll fucking put that as a song for this week. I think the ads are done. Oh, 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 oh. Actually... Oh, we're going to have a sponsor on the podcast. i got to fucking get back to these guys. But Manscaped, Manscaped, the legitimate podcast sponsor and male grooming company, Manscaped, have hit me up and they were like, hey, do you want to fucking have us as a sponsor? And I was like, yeah, I've just got to sign something. I haven't done it because I've been really lazy. I've been on holiday, but I'm going to have a sponsor on the podcast. So maybe in the future I won't be able to do... um, you know, like have music on episodes. But for today, I'm not making any money off this episode, so fuck it. I'm going to have music on. Um, so I might put Paul Kelly's How to Make Gravy as a song at the end of this week. Am I going to do that? No, maybe I don't need it. You know what? I'm not going to do that. I don't need to put someone else's song on the podcast. I've moved on. I could play it on piano. It's a beautiful song to play. Maybe I'll just go play it on piano and, and it won't have anything to do with the podcast. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'm just going to go and play a bit of piano after I record this. <laughs> Who's going to make the gravy now? I bet it won't taste the same. Oh, man. What's the good? What's the line in that? While I'm standing in line. That's the line that always gets me, man. While I'm standing in line. Oh, it's a fucking gut punch. It's beautiful stuff. So my grandma, I got my grandma this anthology, you know, compiled by Paul Kelly. And evidently she knew some of the poems. The Tiger was in there. Oh, that was good. Maybe I'll read The Tiger. You guys want to hear a poem that my mum used to read to me when I was a kid? The Tiger by William Blake. Let's look it up on Google. Let's look it up on Google, yeah. The Tiger, William Blake. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Why is it spelled Tiger? It's spelled with a Y because Blake used the old English spelling. Fuck, that's good shit, isn't it? Let's read a little bit about this poem. 1794. It was written as uh, published in 1794 as part of his Songs of Experience collection and rising the notoriety in the Romantic period, which is a bit later than that. That was the classical period, subject of both literary criticism and many adaptations, including various musical versions. The poem is one of the most anthologized in the English literary canon. It explores and questions Christian religious paradigms prevalent in late 18th century and early 19th century England, discussing God's intention and motivation for creating both the tiger and the lamb. Let's fucking read this. This is a fucking dick puncher of a poem. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart 
And when thy heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet? What the hammer, what the chain, in what furnace was thy brain? What the anvil, what dread grasp, dare its deadly terrors clasp? When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? I actually fucked the last line up. It's dare frame thy fearful symmetry is the last line. It's actually fucking pivotal and I fucking ruined it. The first stanza ends with could frame and then the last stanza ends with dare frame. It's like dare, dare, God is daring. Who would, not even who could, it's who would dare to do something as audacious as create a tiger. Anyway, yeah, my grandma was reading poems. She read that one. I got her to read. That's my favorite poem, I reckon, one of. And um, yeah, man, she was reading poems and my grandpa, they were, you know, she was sitting in her chair and my grandpa was sitting in his chair and she started reading one and uh, my grandpa just like started saying lines along with her like they know the same poem. They like, you know, they both love poetry and they just started reading stuff and I got a video of like her reading a bit of one and then he went to go like, what about this line? And she's like, no, it's not that. That's like another one. And he was like, that's another one. You know, I don't know. They weren't even bickering. They were just, they were just talking and kind of, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really cool to see people who have been around for such a long time just kind of engage with each other on the level that they engage with each other on. And uh, it's it's so wild, isn't it? Like if you're with someone for such a long time, you would think you know like everything about them. But the human brain just does things like he didn't know the last line of that poem. So he forgot and she knew that it wasn't the last, that it wasn't like he forgot that the next line was from a different poem and she already knew that. So they're just kind of reconciling a difference of knowledge between them. But the way that they do it is the way that only people who have been around each other for fucking 60 years can do it. Um, I also found out a bit of family history that my grandma, we went around, we went around uh, my grandpa's sister's place. So that was the five of us. My grandma, my grandpa, my auntie, their other daughter, like my mom's sister. And, uh, and then my grandpa's sister and my grandpa's like seven years older than his sister. And my grandma was the English teacher at the local school and actually taught my grandpa's sister. And when they were courting, uh, my grandpa would, he was like the man of the house at that point because the parents were away or something. And like his sister didn't want to go to school. So my grandpa was like writing notes in her school diary for the English teacher who became my grandma to read, you know? He's like, he's like, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, trying to tune this cute girl down at the school and my little sister's in her class. So why don't I fucking, when I write notes for my little sister not coming to school, you know, it's like a part of the flirtation. That's fucking, that's sexy, man. <laughs> he was like writing notes knowing that like this chick who he's got the hots for is reading them, but he still has to make it like it's not about that. It's about, 
his little sister not wanting to go to school, but there's still a level of like, no, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) That's so sick. You know, like your little sister, you just got the hots for your little sister's English teacher who's like your age and you're like, all right, what can I do? What notes can I write in her diary to make it like (laughs) so that she knows? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was cool. They were all laughing about that. And apparently, um, yeah, my fucking uh, like... My um my grandma when she taught my grandpa's sister like they didn't like each other, <laughs> and then like, and then the fucking she came around the house and the sister's like, oh my god, my English teacher's at the house, the one from school who I fucking hate. She's dating my brother. Fuck. <laughs> and it's so funny that that was like sixty years ago, and these are old fuck. They're old cunts. They're old cunts. They're they're all old shit sitting around, but they still remember that. That's what it's like getting old. I guess that's just how important school is. It's just you always remember school. You can forget. I mean, I fucking, even now, there's probably years that I just don't remember. Ah, Probably not whole years, but there's definitely periods of time in your life that you're just like, what was I, what did I do then? But these guys... You know, they're so much older than me. They've got 40, 50 years on me and they're still like, oh, I remember that when I was in school and it was like this. There's something about that time when you're in school when you're kind of coming into your consciousness and like learning how to, in- in- to interact with the rest of the world that is just, it puts a stamp on your memory. It was cool to hang around with old people. My auntie, my auntie's a preacher. She's doing, you know... She's doing good. She's found her thing. Preaching is not unlike stand-up comedy, actually. She was talking about writing down her sermons and then sometimes she like goes off script, but she still likes to write them down and read them. But it's like she's standing in front of a group of people. getting. You know what? I realized actually at Christmas that um, like it's kind of in my family, you know, words and like entertaining people standing up in front of an audience my grandma reads poetry writes poetry but she like reads poetry my grandpa's done a bit of that my auntie's a fucking preacher it's all performance man we've got that in us and last christmas when my mum's partner came to christmas and he kind of looked at me at one point and was just like oh the gibbonses they love performing don't they? that's that side of the family the gibbonses oh they're all performers aren't they because my grandpa was doing some fucking silly thing and uh, I never realized that about my family. It kind of took someone from outside the family to say it, to be like, yeah, maybe. Maybe we're all fucking big show-offs. And I love it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I thought that this Christmas was going to be a bit of a bust with my mum and my brother not coming. But I went down and I had loved it. I had the best time. I'm so glad I went. It was maybe my favorite Christmas as an adult. I don't know. Like... It was just nice, relaxing. You know, my grandpa showed me his garden, hanging out with him. Yeah, it was wicked. So um, I've got to, yeah, this is what I was going to say. I've got my special has come out, as you probably know. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're one of the 54, I would hope that you've watched the special. Um, it's on YouTube now. I've got a video on TikTok. How are we doing on TikTok? Let me 
see since I checked it just before. I didn't actually see how many. I think I had 600 likes when I checked it just before and read those comments. I had 600 likes then. How many have I got now? Oh, oh no. I've got 4,256 views, 616 likes. So it's pretty good. That's just on that one little clip. How many views have I got on Instagram on the reel? The same thing, but a reel. 6,341. TikTok's blowing up. I only put the TikTok up last night, man. I'm fucking hooked now. I mean, I've got 4,000 views in less than 24 hours. I'm so fucking in on TikTok. I want to be posting these. <laughs> I've got an hour's worth of footage. I've got 40, 45-ish minutes. There's probably... 30 maybe 25 30 clips there because some of them are too long and some of them are whatever but there's just what the fuck oh shut up there's um yeah there's a good amount of clips there i could probably post a clip a day until well into january and get some serious eyes on my shit on tiktok that'd be fucking cool so i'm going to be posting on tiktok every day at seven prime time they call it get the videos ready get them edited and then just fucking every day chuck it up oh <sighs> yeah the special has uh, around 800 views now which is good i'd love to get more on it but that's the thing man i put it up on christmas eve and now it's just up forever and that's the thing that i want to be sending people to for you know a long time if anyone comes and sees me do a show Come check the special out. If you've watched the special, thank you. If you've shared it with people, extra thank you, man. I've got, I actually, fuck, today I've got to put it on the mailing list. That's what I need to do. I need to put the mailing list out. Um, yeah, man, if you've, uh, please share it. If you've watched it and liked it and haven't shared it, just like send it to one person. Just send it to one person. Just like message them, direct message them and just go, hey, I just watched this special. I reckon you'll like it, you know, and get it out there because, um, I really am so proud of it. I think it's great. It looks great. A lot of comics have messaged me and said it looks really good, which is uh, not a backhanded compliment, but it's not... <laughs> it's not a compliment that I'm like... It's obviously good that it looks great. And you know what? Actually, maybe it's better that it looks great because people are going to be more inclined to watch it because visually it's good. But um, hopefully they're also watching the special and knowing that it's like the actual content is good as well. I don't know. I can't be happy, can I? That's why I'll never live in Adelaide. <sighs> I can't be happy. That's why I'll never live in Adelaide. That's a good title for this week's podcast, I reckon. And the picture is going to be, what's a good picture for this week? Maybe me eating ice cream. Oh, no, I'll get... Oh, it'll be me and my grandpa standing there. That's right. On uh, Christmas Day, I did a poll with my grandpa. I had some funky socks and I was wearing my... my uh, I went to Adelaide Vintage, man, and copped three new shirts. They're so fucking sick. And I wore one of them on Christmas Day and I did a poll on my Instagram, my shirt versus my grandpa's socks. And I mean, obviously, everyone's voting for my grandpa's socks because he's old. And people respect an old man, as they should. That'll probably be the picture for this week. Me standing next to my grandpa. Anyway, that's the podcast, you guys. Thanks so much for listening, man. And uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year, whatever you're doing. And watch my motherfucking special on YouTube and follow me and do all of that crap. Share it with some friends and uh, rate the podcast on iTunes. If you're listening to it and you haven't done that yet, give me five stars. 
All right. Have a good week, guys. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.